Welcome to DocuTalks, a podcast about documentaries mostly from Netflix. Chelsea and Michelle may be from two different generations, but they both share a passion for talks of true crime, murder, and documentaries with flair. Join these chatty bitches while they dish the latest hot documentary on DocuTalks. Welcome to DocuTalks. I'm Michelle. And I'm Chelsea. Just a warning, we use explicit language and this is adult content. So this week, I actually rewatched RuPaul's Drag Race with Trixie in it. Uh, so that's what I did this week. And I also watched a season of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars, which I haven't watched before. I haven't watched an All-Stars season, so that was new. But I couldn't go back to the season that Trixie was in. It was only available the one season. But I, I love watching RuPaul's Drag Race. These guys are so talented, and I love their performance. And I love the little drama between all of them. So it, it's a great show. What did you watch is. this week? Okay, so um, actually, we have not been watching any TV lately. I decided because there had been too much TV watching with lockdown and, you know, just mindless at the end of the day, what else am I going to do? So I have just come off a two-week TV-free vacation where I just read, and I actually um, just finished reading The Arrangement, which is a fictional novel about a poor, struggling art student in New York, and she turns to being a sugar baby to make ends meet. I have to admit, I'm fascinated with the sugar baby lifestyle. I personally find it to be the ultimate feminist movement, which I know sounds crazy, but I think it is. And in my dream life, I'm a well-kept sugar baby. (laughs) This week, we're covering moving parts with Trixie Mattel. So what did you think of this one, Chelsea? Oh, my gosh. So I'm a huge Trixie fan. Huge Trixie fan. And so I was super excited to watch her documentary. It made me see Trixie in a completely different light. And I didn't realize how incredibly talented she was until I saw this documentary. Like, I knew she had been doing music, but I always thought it was more drag queen music. And as a fan of the show, Michelle, you probably know what that means. But just Mm -hmm. for our listeners... To clarify, um, a lot of times it's just repetitive, hyper-auto-tune music that they churn out like crazy once they join the Drag Race family. And uh, to prepare for this episode, I also re-watched her season, which I've now seen three times. And I have seen her All-Stars season, but I was not able to find it again to rewatch as well. So that's really sad, because it was a good one. And I think we got to really see Trixie and her best on that, obviously, since she won. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with you there because I didn't see the All-Stars. So really on this season, the regular RuPaul Drag Race season she's on, you don't see her that much because she gets eliminated quickly. Then she's brought back and she's only on, I think, two episodes and then she's eliminated again. So you don't really get to know her that well. So for me, it was good. I liked this show because I got to see her in a bit of a different light. And yeah, it was interesting to see the kind of behind the scenes of a drag queen and what's all involved with putting a show together. The wardrobe and the costumes involved is so much. And I also had no idea what 
an amazing musician Trixie was. So it was just great to see. It was a nice, nice, easy uh, documentary compared to some of the ones we normally watch. Yes, definitely. <laughs> okay, so just for listeners, just a little background on who Trixie is. So she is 30 years old. She started doing drag in Milwaukee and Chicago before she debuted at 25 on Drag Race. So she was a part of the season seven cast. And like I said, she was voted off and then won the chance to come back in. But she didn't make it um, very far to the end. Uh, she then moved into a folk music career and she saw her drag shift from Malibu Barbie to more folky Barbie. Yeah, it's really funny. Um, you can actually tell in her later drag because she like uses her brown eyes in it and you don't really see that huge of a change until you watch that season seven again. And then it's quite noticeable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she like kind of more styles herself like Dolly Parton and moves away from the like Mattel. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Really cool. And then what, one of the more interesting things is how she got her name. So her father, stepfather was very abusive and he would call her Trixie when she was acting feminine as a derogatory name. And she actually claimed that name back to make something out of her life. She actually even ended up getting removed from the home because of the abuse. It's a pretty yeah. tragic story she has. It was. And it was so downplayed on her season. Like, usually <laughs> the queens really talk about their traumas and their back experiences. And it, she just was so downplayed it so much and made it just so blase that you almost the first time I watched the show I didn't even realize that what she had said and the magnitude of it and it wasn't until mm -hmm. I saw this documentary that I was like wait oh wow yeah but yeah oh I think this documentary showed how twisted dark and weird Trixie is and you I never really saw that on the show or and like I'm a huge fan of the Trixie and Katya show, so I've seen lots of episodes of that as well, which is why Trixie is one of my favorite drag queens, like, is because of all of the other stuff she does. So you kind of, you know, drag queens have fucked up senses of humor normally, but, like, you really see how dark and twisted she is. And as I said, I, I really took a deep dive um, while rewatching <laughs> stuff and spent a lot of time on YouTube and... <laughs> probably far too long on Wikipedia. But yeah, <laughs> I really don't think you get to see how great of an artist she was on season seven. And even like watching All Stars, I thought she was good, but it, I didn't really fall in love with her until after she won. And she, it feels like she just came into her own after she had that validation. And then um, like when she did the music challenge in season seven, what did you think of that, Michelle? Because she totally blew it. And she's a musician, so I yeah. That's why I really didn't believe that she was yeah. a musician. No, you don't see it. Like it was just sort of like, well, you can sing, okay. Well, so she can carry a tune, but you know, you you don't see it. You no. really don't see her talents in season seven. Really don't. No, and they have had other singers, like real singers on Drag Race. And, like, they make it well known. And they tend to really ace the singing challenges. 
Um, and it's funny because I just went on a road trip for my holiday and I listened to all of her albums on the road trip and her music's incredible, like really moving, beautiful music. It was great. Well done. And like really tongue in cheek, but also, um, brought up a lot of difficult, uh, subject matters and, um, like opened the door for important conversations, I think with her music. Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. definitely worth checking out guys but yeah so um in the documentary you get to see um the Trixie and Katya show so Trixie and Katya met while filming season seven of Drag Race and they did a few challenges together before Trixie was eliminated and they really had great chemistry they worked together quite well I've seen a bunch of their episodes of their show that they did so it was originally called uh and then it got brought on television called the Trixie and Katja show and it's really great I loved it so I really agreed with Katja that Trixie was such a comedian on the like on the documentary and she doesn't see herself as one or really realize how good she is but I also thought Katja is super fucking funny and she's kind of nuts so Katya and Trixie really seemed to have a great relationship. They worked so well together, but Katya always kind of seemed unstable, like even in the drag race. She's been on an All-Stars as well, and she's just kind of crazy, but that was, she chalked it all up to her drag race character. So you kind of see this breakdown between the two of them while they're filming the show, and I actually did some deep digging, and basically what happened, Katya has a podcast that she did before she quit drag and she like basically did an expose this is what happened this is why I'm leaving drag and she left the podcast as well and so she got back into methamphetamines and she she had struggled in the past with drug addiction drug abuse things like that and then so she had a relapse and then she had a psychotic break during her relapse Mm. so we don't see that like you don't know and it just looks like Katja's just being fucking crazy like because she's like I'm losing my mind I'm losing my mind but she's being like kind of kooky and weird about it and you don't see a lot of it you just see tiny snaps and so she actually suffered a psychotic break and it was really traumatic she had to take a lot of time off and went into an intense rehabilitation program yeah and she quit drag everything like she quit absolutely everything she was doing so it wasn't just that she quit the Trixie and Katja show so at the end of this documentary though like Trixie mentions that her and Katja weren't even friends anymore and throughout the whole documentary we do hear about Katja and their interactions and at one point Trixie really felt like Katja hated her and all I could think of is like where is that coming from it was just so sad to watch like Michelle what did you feel about their relationships and the different things we heard about through the documentary you don't get to really see all the ins and outs of the breakdown like you said I I didn't necessarily get the impression that she was just being dramatic I mean, I remember that she talked about her addiction issues when she was on season seven. So I knew that was in the background there. It did seem like she just wasn't coping. And I wondered if the change from YouTube to television was just a bit too much for her and too much pressure on herself. Because certainly in season seven of Drag Race, she was putting a lot of pressure on herself. She certainly had a lot of insecurities that were coming out, even though she was great. I think, you know, 
being on TV again, maybe that was bringing it all out. And that's what sort of, I assume, led her to start using again. But I didn't realize she was actually having like a psychotic break. And then she sent that awful text message to (sighs) Trixie, which was just so heartbreaking. And just leaves Trixie feeling like, what happened? Like, what did I do? Right? So it was it was upsetting. And I think it just shows that the you know, these are performers and they they do put a big pressure on themselves to do well and make a good impression and entertain people. So it does sort of show a little bit again behind the drag queen and what's all involved in trying to make a career out of this. Right. Mm hmm. Did the podcast talk about them reuniting or Katya having any bad feelings towards Trixie or what was addressed in that? So I actually have to say I didn't listen to it. I just read a brief summary transcript. (laughs) (laughs) I found it like right before we recorded this episode. I'm just like, Uh, I don't have time to listen to this. Um, But I have done lots of research and obviously this, uh, this, came out in 2018 so a lot has happened and yeah like it's true like they were working on the show from 2016 um onwards so that's a lot of a lot of time a lot of pressure like you were saying but so they did at the very end of the documentary we did see them kind of have a little bit of a reunion like they came together for an event and then they ended up coming together I'm going to share I'm going to save the more recent updates for the end of our episode because I've got I've got some recent updates for us on Trixie and Katya but yes they were um we did see them reconcile and I thought Trixie handled it so well. Like she really understood that Katya was coming from a really dark place and she tried not to take it really personally yeah. and just always tried to remember that this person has a lot of other things going on and that it, she may be putting other stuff on her that isn't necessarily the right thing. Or the, So I thought she was just so accepting and understanding and it really like made me think about, yeah, like we really need to be kind to our friends that are suffering from mental illness or having going through really difficult times and not always take things so personally. Yeah, I really thought that, too, about her. She mm-hmm. really did understand a lot of this was the illness and not necessarily about her. Mm-hmm. So in the documentary, we see Trixie competing in All-Stars Season 3 of Drag Race, and they have these viewing parties. Uh, I thought that was very interesting. It seemed like it was always the same place. Was that your impression, Chelsea? Yes. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. So the filming ends at the end of her season of Drag Race. Now... What I thought was interesting was she was saying she didn't even know who was going to win until she watched it on TV because they film her winning, they film the other person winning, and they film them tying. So she said they filmed three different endings, so she doesn't even know. I was so shocked, and then I was like, to find out like that? And it was just... Yeah. I, I was just like, poor Trixie. I would want to be on that stage, like, real moment... No, I was so, yeah. I think my heart broke a little bit about that. Like, is that just 
to make sure no leaks get out. Like I'm thinking, okay, is it big, that big of a deal if it leaks who wins drag race? I mean, every year we hear leaks about who's going to win the bachelor or the bachelorette, but people still mm-hmm. watch. Like it's more about the journey than, you know, who the actual winner is. It's, it, I just thought it was weird. And so it was interesting because, you know, Trixie talks a bit about, you know, doing drag and, and she says she's an introvert dressed up as an extrovert. I thought that was really interesting because I must tell you, that's something I have thought the whole time watching Drag Race is these guys, when they get dressed up as whoever their character is or persona is, they really take on a whole different personality and they'll describe everything. Okay, well, Trixie is this and Trixie is that. And, you know, it really is a character and a whole nother person to them. And I yeah. find that really interesting. And and she said, drag is at its best a failure. We all know it's not a woman, but the person is believing it. And this is what is addictive, addicting to watch. What do you think about that? You know, I, I've always been mystified by drag queens. And I think it's mm-hmm. just because they're so, like, even when you know it's a man, there is just some beauty about them and it probably is the beauty in them believing that illusion and they do embody that character and that grace and you know their makeup's so fabulous and their costumes are so sumptuous so yeah like we all know it's an illusion but I'm addicted to that like I love it I I know I agree too and and she she was quoted as saying when a drag queen is performing you can't tell them they aren't the most beautiful thing in the world and that is the energy they are bringing to their shows and it's true right they bring a certain level of energy and confidence and exuberance to them now i'm curious because you know when we i hope people who are listening are fans of RuPaul's Drag Race because, you know, we're getting into all the stuff there. But, you know, on RuPaul's Drag Race, there's always this stigma amongst the drag queens of, oh, she's a beauty pageant drag queen versus she's a performance drag queen. And I always find that very interesting because you've got like the Trixie Mattels, like Trixie said, she doesn't want to dress up to really look like a real woman she wants to look like a a thing that you can pull the string on the back and and like a toy you've got those more character ones like jujube and kimchi that are just wild and crazy looks and characters and then you've got the more like the violet tchotchkes and miss fame who was on season seven there who are like the beautiful girls right so do do you have a preference? Like, do you care which type it is? So I I have a I have several queens I love and hold dear to my heart for different reasons. Like Adora Delano is one of my favorite queens, and she was one of the like first big gender bending queens. Like she didn't want to wear a corset. Michelle Visage hated that, and she got a lot of shit. So it's like she really started gender bending before it. Like now in the earlier season, in the newer seasons, like we're on season 12, 13 right now. And like you see lots of boy drag or like no fake breasts and things like that. And like earlier seasons, they would be voted like they would be kicked off the show. So I don't know. Um, Like I love comedy queens because I love the comedy behind it. Yeah. I, and and I do think the beauty queens are beautiful. But like if you're already a beautiful man 
then I'm sorry, it's not that hard to become a beautiful woman. It's not that hard to put makeup on. But when you like see Ginger Minge or. Oh, or, I love or, Ginger um, Minge. Her, oh my gosh, what's her name? Ginger what? Minge was great, but she was also beautiful though. Out of drag, Ginger Minch is not beautiful. No, Ginger yeah, Minch but in redheaded man. In drag, she's a beautiful yes, woman. Like, yeah, like she wasn't a, a character. Queen. Yeah, she's no, she's not a beauty queen. queen. Um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on freaking season the same season as Adora Delano? Oh, and she did the. You know, and I watched that too, and I can't remember who else was on with Adora. She she yeah. won. I think I like like the ginger minges, like you said, like those ones that aren't necessarily beautiful as a guy, but yes. when they get dressed up, they're gorgeous. But they also have a real like ginger minge. Nobody could hold up against her on on her season. Right. And like she would steal the show whenever she was in group um, tasks and stuff. So those are the kind I like, the ones that just have a certain presence to them. They're real performers. I I just find them great. Do you like some of the more character ones? But I'm not as keen on them because I just love watching them transform into a beautiful woman, so to speak. But yeah. I'm probably a little bit like Michelle Visage. I, I like on... Trixie season they had Max who never wore fake breasts right and to me that wrecks the illusion right because Max was very beautiful and she made herself up to look great but then she was flat chested and it just looked weird so I I do like that more illusion of a of a female than like you said that more gender bending it was Bianca Del Rio I oh, love Bianca Del Rio. Del Rio. And she's, yeah, so like the Bianca Del Rio, the Latrice Royales, the, yes. you know, like I love them. And that's for me too. I think drag is more about being beautiful, but that's how you can see the influence of social media. And I also kind of find the new queens are boring. Like they don't bring a lot. They can't sew a lot of the times. And for me, I want a fucking well-rounded drag queen. I want a yes, queen who can too. sew. I want a queen that can sing, that can act, that can dance. Like yeah, I want the too. whole package. I want but the whole package too, because to me, it's not just about looking beautiful and being able to do a lip sync. Like I like that it's, you want to be able to go to like a variety show where they're going to do yes. a bunch of stuff if you're going to a drag show, right? No, exactly. However, I do, I love the gender bending drag. I do love the androgynous, like Violet Tchotchke and, and, um, Miss Fame. And like, I love when they don't wear tits. I think it's great. I think it's embracing more of that androgynous body. And, and like, are they a man? Are they a woman? But maybe that's just what I like in a person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not the end all be all. But I mean, with Max, I think if you're wearing a something that's almost showing off your breasts, but you have no breasts, it's it's weird looking to me. Yeah, welcome like, to my life. <laughs> I was gonna make a comment that I think I know why you don't like they don't have to have breasts, but I thought, no, I won't be rude on our podcast. Yeah, I'm always like, where do I get one of those breastplates? Come on. <laughs> yeah, I do have to say I'm a bigger fan of the older seasons of 
Drag Race. Like, I think they're just all, like, all these queens that have never even performed. Yeah. I find that weird. Like, when they come on Drag Race and it's, they've really never done much performance. I kind of think, how did they get on the show? Or do they put them on there just for drama? I don't know. I think it's just, you know, the power of social media. Like, these people have millions of followers on social media, on YouTube. Like, and obviously, if you put those people on, like, that means you're going to have viewers. Yeah. And and I I don't know. I think Rue's trying to be more inclusive now. Like, mm-hmm. he lets transgendered people on, stuff like that, whereas before it wasn't really kosher. Anywho. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So I've seen season, the All-Star season three before. And I could, like I've said a million times, I couldn't find it. Netflix, why do you have all the other ones but not this one on? Like, what is going on? Just put them all on. We need to see it. I don't get it either. It drives me crazy. And I totally think I illegally downloaded it. Not really. Just just kidding, listeners. But we couldn't find it. And I was very upset. (laughs) Because (laughs) honestly, if Bendela hadn't have voted herself off, there's no way Trixie would have won that. There's no way. Mm. Anywho, I loved her quote that, um, so Bendela had this great quote during the interviews. She said, people don't feel like they can draw boundaries anymore. People in general feel like they should have access to you at every moment, no matter what. And it's just like, that's so true. We yes. as consumers feel like we should have access to these people and like their entertainment for us and in a way like they almost become your friends so well it's true they talk a lot about that especially with social media and paparazzi coming up like you know mm-hmm. like Rod H- Rock Hudson was gay nobody knew he was gay like that came out years later and who was the one that were the ones that were having an affair was it Catherine Hepburn and somebody that was having an affair with a married man for many, many years? And, you know, everybody in Hollywood knows that, but it's it was top secret, you know, because there was some respect between the press and these stars and what they were allowed to report on and not report on. And it was kind of, you only come and interview us during these premieres or these times. You don't mm-hmm. follow us around with your camera and capture us getting a mocha latte at Starbucks or without our makeup on and hair done. Like there was some unwritten rules and respect between stars and paparazzi and, and the media. But now all that's all blown out of the water. We all have cameras on our cell phones. You can take a picture of anybody anywhere and post it. And yeah, Yeah. we do think that we should know everything about their lives. And the tabloid industry has kind of taught us that you deserve to be able to capture these moments and you should always have access. Like, I feel like another reason why people are so keen to do it themselves too is because they grew up on that consumption of just that fast. I, and I hate it. Like these people are people just like us and they're vulnerable and we shouldn't be able to capture all their moments. And it's, you know, even like on social media, like the, how I present myself is very curated. I don't let people, I don't let it all hang out on social media, even like how we present ourselves on the podcast, things like that. Like, we don't want everyone knowing what's going on in our lives. So why should we feel entitled to knowing everything that's going on in, in celebrities' lives and or in performers' lives? Yeah. It's really difficult. Yeah. So I just, I thought they handled it so well, though. The 
the whole Katya thing. And oh, I just love Bendela. That was another one of my favorite queens. And she is a comedy performer queen. Yes. She is fabulous. And like I said, Trixie would never have won that season if Bendela hadn't voted herself off. I think Rue almost died when that happened. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, anyways. Okay, so... In this documentary, you really get to see Trixie's musical side and see her perform. So I didn't, I just, I cannot say this enough. I cannot get over how incredibly talented Trixie was, is. She is amazingly talented. And like, I knew she'd been doing music, but like I said, I thought it was that drag queen music. And that music is horrible. And there are so many drag queens that just drop all these singles after they mm. leave Drag Race. And it's just trash. Like, I'm sorry, Rue. I love you. I, I love your show. But I hate drag music. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. terrible. Except for Peanut Butter Song. That is a good song. Only because it's so catchy, you can never get it over your head. So it's just turned out like crazy. And it's. What did you think of Trixie's music and performances? Oh, well, I thought I thought she was great. I I like her music. I'm not a big like country music fan, but I thought her music was great and I thought she had some really interesting lyrics and it was just great to see her perform it and use that as part of her drag show especially because like you said, it's not your traditional kind of drag music hyper auto-tuned music that you normally hear in drag race because a lot of these people aren't singers at all so that's why you end up with that so it was interesting to see her her dedication to her art and her music and her non-stop performing like oh my goodness that's such a a lot of work right So we really see how flat out Trixie is running herself. So she's touring, she's doing press for All Stars 3 while she's doing her own show. And somehow she managed to film this documentary in there too. So it's, it was just nonstop. So she's certainly capitalizing on her name being out there, which is a smart thing to do Mm -hmm. so that she does get a reputation and does create her following. And yeah, it's just so much work, I think, to get all that makeup done and have all those costumes ready and go out there and perform. And you can see how serious she is because she did talk about one performance that she screwed up and I I didn't even really think she screwed up, but she, she felt she screwed up and she was so upset about it. Right. And you Mm -hmm. know, that people are coming to see me and I'm not giving them a good performance. So she takes it very seriously. Yeah, and she also writes all of her own music. Like, most pop stars don't even do that. So, like, on top of that, she's finding time to write these new albums. And she dropped, like, three albums so quickly. Mm -hmm. Like, not even in three years. I feel like it was literally a year and a half. How did you feel about um, how she just felt like there, no one wants to see just her? And, like, it's her and Katja. They're, like, a package deal. Yeah. That was interesting when she said that nobody's going to want to just see me. Well, I'm hoping she thinks that just because of the format of the show was about banter between two people. And that's why they ended up having to get a replacement. But I mean, she does do her show. So I'm, I'm hoping it was more a reflection of that than what she Mm -hmm. truly feels 
because she is a star in her own right. It's not just about clicking on to Katya. And, you know, I, I didn't know about the Katya Trixie show till I saw this documentary because when I watched season seven back, it wasn't even like it, they really hung out or seemed to be bosom buddies in the, in the show. So I was a little surprised that they created their own show after the season was over. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she has her own merit. It's not about who she's with. Definitely. I agree with you. I just found yeah. it so sad. I'm like, Trixie, you're amazing in yourself. And like people, I know I started watching the show just for her, you know, yeah. so. I think it goes back yeah. to probably her childhood. You know, she, mm. you know, like we talked a bit about before, she didn't have the greatest childhood. She grew up really poor, she said. So I'm sure that had um, negative impacts with like friends at school and her, you know, other kids that she was with. Um, she was, she's not very close with her siblings and her, like we talked about her stepfather was abusive and he actually died of alcoholism and her mom had this cycle of boyfriends. And it's amazing that his mom seemed okay with him being removed from the home because of how abusive the stepdad was. That must've just been devastating. I know. You like, know? how do you, how do you have a relationship with someone that was like, oh, cool. See you later, guy. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I think they oh, still don't necessarily have the healthiest relationship because we hear a phone conversation with Trixie talking to mom, his mom about paying her bills and wanting her to come to the Milwaukee show. And oh my gosh, it was it was really kind of heartbreaking, actually. It was. I don't know. Yeah, and I find Trixie so self-deprecating. Like, I think she's almost too afraid to see herself as successful and in a positive light because you never know when that will change or how long it'll yeah. last. So I can, I can see that. Like, she just she has these really dark moments in the documentary. And mm-hmm. she mentions anecdotes about her trauma and abuse. And it's always in such a life light offhanded way that you, you don't really realize what she's talking about until you think about it. Mm-hmm. She seems to have come to terms with her past and you see that maturity and the, like that understanding of those cycles, you know, like she just, I, I was amazed with, how she was so young but still able to understand like you know abuse happens in all these different ways and you can't necessarily blame her like she didn't blame her mom because of the cycle of abuse and things like that and like understands how it kind of gets drawn from so many different things and it's just yeah I I was just blown away when she had that explanation of abuse coming on like it comes on slowly little by little and then all of a sudden it's taken over and it's like no one really knows how it's happened and no one really knows how to get out and like so I can't blame my mom necessarily Mm -hmm. for it and like she didn't see it coming either I didn't see it coming and like I was just like that was just the best analogy Mm-hmm. A, a, an abusive household that I've ever or abusive relationships that I've ever heard it was so wise mm-hmm. so I was 
just blown away. Like Trixie and I are the same age, basically. And I'm like, I am, I'm not that, that wise. You are like a sage, Trixie. (laughs) (laughs) Teach me the ways and also the makeup, please. If you're listening, give me a call. (laughs) I know. These drag queens really know how to do their makeup. It's I'm so jealous. I always, after watching Drag Race, I always like do my makeup extra nice <laughs> for a little while. <laughs> Put a bit more effort in because the the drag queens are making me feel shitty about myself, <laughs> not putting more effort in. No, they're just so inspiring that I'm always like, I want to use bold colors. I want to wear this. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> yes. It's true. It is. Okay, final thoughts, Michelle? Well, I thought it was a great documentary. It was nice to do something a little bit lighter, considering what we normally kind of cover. I really, I like I said before, I just really like seeing a little more behind the scenes and how you make it work as a drag queen um, in terms of how you make a living, <laughs> how much storage you need for all your costumes and wigs and stuff because that's a lot and that's really part of the fun of the of seeing a drag queen perform is the different costumes and and hair and makeup and everything that they they use so it's a lot of storage needed for all of that stuff which and it also is not necessarily cheap but it's it's interesting and it it was nice to see a little bit more about who actually is Trixie and her her day-to-day life and and managing to put these shows together and yeah so it was great I really enjoyed it. Yeah, so I'm going to give the Trixie and Katya update now. I know you guys yes. have been just waiting in anticipation. So, yes, they they reconciled. Obviously, they were able to put like put whatever happened behind them and move forward. They continued filming their show. And then they also um, went on to do a lot of different things. So they just released a new book. So their first book, not their new book. Uh, and it just came out July 14th called The Modern Woman. And that's, I will definitely be reading oh. it. So I'm sure it's hysterical. But yeah, so they just did their book. And then I think they did another, they're doing another tour. And yeah, they're just working. And it looks like Katya has done the work she's needed to do for her sobriety. And, you know, is putting putting up those boundaries that she needs to do to be able to continue drag in a safe and happy way which I think is good yeah I I love drag queens like honestly I love them I think they're fabulous I have for a very very long time and I just I'm so happy to see them becoming part of mainstream culture and main and just mainstream you know they're part of the conversation they have television shows they have documentaries they have music that's actual real music and then um, they were, Katya and, and Trixie were photographed for Entertainment Magazine for their newest, for their new book. And it's just, to me, I'm like, 10 years ago, we wouldn't see a drag queen anywhere, you know, like they wouldn't be these huge celebrities that are making names for themselves and just like everyday celebrities. And I love that. I, I really think it's amazing how RuPaul has worked so hard to bring drag queens into just everyday culture and everyday pop culture. He really has. Like, I mean, 
RuPaul definitely has helped bring that forward in his own career, but now also with um, this show, which is great. Mm -hmm. Really good. Yeah. I don't know. It really resonated with me, like all those people who were writing to Trixie and like, oh, this like helped me through this time and like seeing what you did made me feel brave. And like when I was living in Korea, I was going through some really bad health problems. And one of the biggest things that helped me get through was binge watching RuPaul's Drag Race. Like it was just seeing other people struggle with their struggles, but also just seeing them bring beauty was it, it it just made me happy. Like I cried, I laughed, I did all the things I needed to do. And it just really helped me focus on something else. And it was great. <laughs> yeah. And that's the kind of escape you need from life sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. So, and that's why these kind of shows are important. But also, you know, bringing like drag into the mainstream of life. More accepting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Just kudos to those people. They're amazing. <laughs> yeah, they really are. Okay. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. So this actually brings us to the end of season two. So we're going to be working on what we're going to do for season three. So certainly send in your suggestions. Let us know if there's anything in particular you want us to review. Um, so we're going to take a little bit of a break to do that. We will also probably maybe do a couple of bonus episodes. We'll just see if time permits with summer schedules and stuff. Um, And definitely leave us a five-star review and share with your friends so we can build our podcast. All right. Well, thank you very much, Chelsea. Thank you, Michelle. This was a good one. This was kind of Chelsea's pick because I didn't even know this one was out there. So, I, I was like, oh, they, they, Trixie's got a, a documentary? Okay. So, so this was fun. I think this is a fun one to end our season on. Oh, I agree. And thank you, Michelle. You're great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, listeners. And we will see you for season three. Woohoo. Okay. Bye. Bye.